Hello and welcome to this week's podcast, Voices of the World. We've looked at a number of critical issues for the world and this week we're considering all the different types of governments, cultures, societies around the world and listening to the stories, the voices of the people who live in those countries and experience some of the issues that we have been talking about. We are all born into a specific cultural context. And as we grow up, we're immersed in that world and its views, its ideas, its attitudes and its expectations. So that shapes us, shapes the way we think, shapes the way we see the world. And there are two fundamental categories, really, for a society or a culture, and that is traditional and modern. A modern culture features usually a secular government, a secular education, multiculturalism and representative government, most of which are liberal democracies, as they're called. One of the features of a modern society is that it has complex social and cultural interactions, that it allows for diverse points of view that are freely expressed, and that the individuals in those societies are free to express their opinion, follow their religion of choice, develop their own views about the world, receive an education, and choose a path for themselves, for their development, for their career, and also who they choose to be with, their sexual partners, their future uh, partners in marriage, and so on. So complexity, in a sense, is one of the features of a modern society. Conceptually, one can think of it as allowing, in a sense, different cultures points of view, worldviews, religions, to coexist and interact, inform each other, and perhaps give rise to modern cultural movements or phenomenon, uh, both in terms of thinking, how we see the world, and developments going into the future culturally. One of the defining characteristics of a traditional culture is that it tends to be based on the view that Previously in history, there's an ideal state, a place where or uh, a situation where life was lived in an idealized form, where people fulfilled their natural duties as defined usually in scripture or, you know, some view of divine, ver- divine will or divine pattern of existence or state a natural Eden in a sense. Most religions have some view of this idealized state and idealized roles for human individuals. Now, what tends to go along with that is prescribing what a human should and shouldn't do and what roles they should or shouldn't play. And this can lead to confinements and restrictions on human behavior in those societies. They also tend to have uh, strong social hierarchies which are defined more by birth rather than innate qualities or abilities of an individual. 
So, for instance, in India, you have the caste system, whereby you are born into a certain caste. There are certain expectations that go with living in that caste, and you are expected to, and even required to, follow caste rules and marry into the same caste or a very similar caste. So social mobility in that respect is very restricted. That's often also connected to ideas of ethnicity and race. And race will be a subject that we will investigate. Traditional societies in that respect do not tend to promote complex social interactions, different cultural viewpoints and religious viewpoints as well. They tend to encourage conformity within a particular worldview, a particular uh, religion and requirements that emerge from that. The whole point of a modern society was that modern societies were born out of traditional societies uh, and feudal societies and those molds, that thinking was reformed, overthrown in the age of revolutions, which again, which is something that we will look at. One of the reasons why America is a modern society is because of such reform and overthrowing the authority of the church, another state, a monarchy, in terms of controlling and defining the roles of people and who they should serve and so on. China went through a revolution, therefore that transitioned it into what we would call a modern society. So in China, there is social mobility, universal education and reasonable gender equality. Although, as with every other country, there is still a lot of work to be done on achieving full gender equality. India is predominantly a traditional society, which means that although there is a portion of, this, of the country that lives a relatively modern lifestyle and enjoys relatively modern freedoms, a large portion of the country is living a traditional lifestyle with all the requirements, restrictions and lack of social mobility that goes with that. Interestingly, India, though, has a more modern political system in that it is democratic and allows for the expression of the will of the people through the vote and therefore the formation of the government and a decision over who rules India. Although it is uh, regarded as a flawed democracy due to the extent of corruption and also the increasing limitations under the BJP on the freedom of expression. China, on the other hand, although it is predominantly a modern society, has a totalitarian political system, which does not allow for freedom of expression or for the representation of the people through the vote and control, therefore, over who is in charge in China. So it's an interesting comparison in the sense that you have a mix. 
India has the more modern political system. Uh, China has the restricted totalitarian uh, political system. India is predominantly still a traditional society, whereas China is more modern. So as we look at the world and consider all the various different countries, we will find that most countries are something of a mix between modern and traditional. Even so, if we look at the human population in general, we find that a large portion, even a majority of humans in the world are living in a more traditional society. So why is this important? Well, we've been looking at a number of different issues around the world and the situation globally. And then we looked at the underlying economic paradigm. And I think we all see that there is need for radical and fundamental change. So it's natural to look at the different countries and the different systems they operate in order to understand what the capacity of change is and what the mechanisms are for change. Because people in those countries may wish for change, but they face various obstacles. One of the obstacles being corruption of the political system. Another obstacle could be that, as with China and a number of different countries around the world, including Russia, there's authoritarian regimes in charge, and therefore they are not so subject to the will of the people and for the wish of the people for transformation and change. But even if we look at America, we find that if you analyse the political system as it currently exists, there are problems with the democracy in America. Um, Pew Research, and when we will develop, delve into this in more detail, will show that the will of the people, as it were, is not what influences predominantly what policies are created and put in place. So there are serious issues around the world to do with the f amount of freedom that people have to change the society that they're living in. So, for instance, you may find that in a traditional society, people have very limited capacity to be able to influence the government that is ruling them or the policies that are in place, or even to protest against those policies. You can still protest in India, as we have seen with the recent farmer um, protests, but you cannot do that in China where you would be subject to uh, being put in prison, and this happens a lot. Lawyers, uh, activists, people who express their opinion about the government or policies that are being followed, which the Chinese government doesn't like, can find themselves in serious trouble. So the truth is that there's a lot of political repression around the world. We still live in a world where... The majority of humans have a limited capacity to transform the government that is ruling them or to influence policies of their governments. And this is obviously a serious issue when we're looking at the need for fundamental change throughout the world. So one of our challenges, therefore, in order to create 
a more equal and beneficial and sustainable future is to be aware of and to consider how this can be brought about in the various societies of the world and the political systems under which they operate. Obviously, we would wish that all people of the world enjoyed the extent of the political freedoms, freedom of expression that is enjoyed in the liberal democracies in the world, even with the issues that they have. I can still say all these things on a podcast and we are all free here in this country to express our opinion. So that is a very important foundation to transformation. So it may well be the case that in many countries in the world, that before that you can really shift the model towards uh, more equality, justice and sustainability, you do have to address these cultural and political considerations. In other words, the context in which one is operating. As part of that increasing awareness of the reality of the context in which most people live around the world, our mission for this week, for this module, is to find and to listen to different voices from around the world who are having the experience of being in that country, in that culture, and the limitations that it places upon them, maybe the good aspects of it as well, but also the challenges that they face. And it's always good and informative to hear those voices, to actually, in a sense, go into the field, to be at the ground level, and to listen and to learn from the experience of people in various societies all around the world, including our own society in America or Europe or wherever that we um, are currently living. So that's the key quest for this week. Now, I've provided a number of sources in the modules which provide links to different types of story, both in America and in different places in the world. So you can certainly use them. But also part of the mission, the quest for you this week is to go out and find those voices, to locate them, to investigate and to hear stories from different places around the world and then to share the experience of listening to those voices, what you discover in both the forum discussion and also in the assignment so that we can enrich our understanding of the experience of people from different cultures, different political realities around the world. Because this really is part of the foundation towards building a unified approach, a holistic approach to the transformation of the world, which we all recognize, having looked at the various issues, we really need to achieve. All right, well, that's it for the podcast for this module this week, Voices of the World. So let's go on the quest and really discover interesting stories and learn, listen and share. All right, that's it for now.